Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobiu Kugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be talking with individuals from around the soccer world, learning about their stories and getting their unfiltered thoughts and opinions. This week, we're joined by a comedian and one half of Soccer Cooligans, Alexis Guerreros. Um, we're going to be talking Champions League, the U European and CONCACAF varieties, uh, new safety protocols in the game, amazing protocols, by the way. Um, discussing new crest that dropped over the past week. And as you guys know, uh, we're going to be saluting John Barnes for Black Soccer History. Um, we changed up the format a little bit, but first and foremost, I want to thank Alexis for coming on. How are you doing today? Of course. No, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Perfect. Um, so we start off with two truths and a cap. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of behind. L's got me beat so far. <laughs> um, but we're going to start off with two truths and a cap and, Fortunately, yes. hopefully, I can catch up. Yeah, so Alexa, I'll give you a quick rundown. So two truths in the cap. Um, tell us three facts about yourself. Two will be true, one will be a lie. Moby and I have to guess what the lie is. Okay. Um, right. By the way, I know what cap means. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I'm from Newark. Uh, no cap, no kizzy. Um, all right, let's see. Two truths and a lie. Uh, okay. Um, uh I, when I played soccer, um, I played half a season in jean shorts and one game in Tim's. Um, I was I was expelled twice in my entire school career, and uh, and my first job was at a pizza place. Hmm. Well, you're too outlandish to say that Tim story. But you're, yeah. you're a pizza connoisseur, so I can believe. You worked at a pizza place. The jeans and Tim's isn't too far fetched for me for some reason. Yeah, um, in New York too. Like, yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a thing. I don't think you were that crazy in school, so I'm gonna say you weren't expelled twice. Uh, that, that's the lie. He's a comedian though too, so it's like not enough to get kicked out. Like, like talking back to the teachers is crazy. Like smart comments. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, that's too safe though. I feel like. <laughs> Nah, it, your first job wasn't in the pizza pizza shop. It was something else. And Moby gets it. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, dude. I didn't work at a pizza shop. I were I only worked at a pizza shop for like two weeks. I just hung around them a lot as a kid. Uh I dig I got expelled multiple times. Uh first two <laughs> times. Once I got caught doing graffiti, the second time I got arrested in a stolen car. Again, Nork. You know what I mean? Uh yeah, actually, Jersey Drive. yeah, exactly. Great movie. Uh great documentary, I mean. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I did play half a season in, in jean shorts cause I couldn't find my basketball shorts and we ain't had no money. And I only played in Tim's cause I've had only like American football cleats cause those were the ones on sale. So that's the ones my mom bought me. And every once in a while, the, the coach would be like, or whatever the, the ref would be like, those aren't allowed. So I would just put on my regular shoes, which were Tim's at the time. Cause I wore Tim's to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, I think my, my eighth grade. Soccer photo is me in Tim's with jean shorts. I can't find it anywhere. That's hard. I you know, into even, an NFT or something. I dead ass don't even look like I played soccer. I just look like I showed up and wanted to take one of the photos. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, respect. That's dope. So first question we ask everyone, but I, I kind of want to skip it because you're rocking an Arsenal jersey. Uh, L's a big it. Arsenal fan. When did, uh, how, like, how did becoming a fan of Arsenal come about? 
I mean, it's a long story, but at the time when I was a kid, I mean, especially if you didn't have like like the 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 Jamaican kids and the Portuguese and Brazilian kids, they all had these like massive satellites in the back of their houses yeah. that would like spin, like they would have to spin to find like the south the southwestern sky, and they so they could pick up like soccer from overseas or whatever. And we didn't have that. We didn't even have cable. But there was at the time the only two teams that I could ever really watch were showed on tape delay were uh, Manchester United and Arsenal. Okay. And there was a bar in the middle of Newark where my friends and I would meet. And they would always, the guys in there would always make fun of us. And they were all United fans. So just because of that, I was like, I'm going to be a fan of the other team. And it happened to be Arsenal. And that's it. That's how it stuck. And then from that point, like we started playing FIFA after that. And yeah. Arsenal were actually good. They were fun to play with. They were they, like a lot of their players, like, you know, Thierry Henry and, you know, uh, you know, Anelka before that. And, you know, Vieira, like these were all like dope players. And it just fit. It fit perfectly. And then I found out about like, you know, Ian Wright and, you know how significant like some of their players like rocky Rowcastle and ian wright were to like the dudes in the hood over there and i was like all right so it's kind of like nork you know what i mean so like yeah. a lot of it just it just felt like the right like the right connection uh, and then I, and then they've sucked for the last 10 years so i'm not exactly sure it was the right move but <laughs> here we are no but i like that story that's that's a good story sometimes you hear when people say they support a team, especially because I'm a Chelsea fan, everyone's like, "Oh, so you were only Chelsea fan?" It's like, yeah, but there's a reason for that. I didn't watch I watch EPL growing up, and then when like finally came on TV, uh, my dad was like, "You need to watch McAuley and you need to watch Essien." So oh, okay, I thought you were gonna say Drogba. Yeah, Drogba too. Like yeah. uh, Chelsea was African FC. Well, Arsenal really was African were. FC, but Chelsea yeah, was the I feel new like, generation. I feel like Chelsea got people actually from Africa. I feel like Arsenal <laughs> took all the African players from France. Yeah. <laughs> from, yep. It's cool uh, though. Like it was funny. Like to me, like how significant. Like I like I couldn't afford an Arsenal jersey, but one of those guys at the bar actually got me an Arsenal jersey when they came back from Europe, just because like we would always hang out at that bar. It was like in the middle yeah. where all my friends would meet, and. uh like, I remember wearing it. I remember, like, all, like, the, the dudes that were, like, from Grenada and Bahama and, and, and Jamaica, like, when they saw me wearing an Arsenal jersey, like, their uncles would go nuts. And then, of course, they all lie and said they all played pro. Yeah. And they all could have gotten <laughs> to Arsenal, which is all lies. But I never realized, like, how significant it was for people from the Caribbean. And I was like, you know, yeah. being Cuban, I'm like, to me, I'm like, we're Caribbean, too. So, like, I feel like I should connect with this part of the Caribbean as well, not just the Latin side. So, yeah. it always, like, it made sense to me to just be, continue to be an Arsenal fan. No, that's what it's all about. And like taking it back one step further. So like, when did you fall in love with soccer? Like, it just, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't know. Maybe Newark is different than most places. Like, I know Americans didn't like it, but like where I'm from, like the dopest car you could have had was like a a Volkswagen, like a Golf, or like a like a GTI <laughs> or like a Jetta. And like the music we listened to was like very like we listened to like Spanish hip hop and like like you know my the culture around me was significantly different than like I think most inner cities. And like mm -hmm. hip hop was still massive. Like if you know Red Man, I mean you couldn't if you knew Red Man or anything like that. Like from my neighborhood, yeah. if you know anything about hip hop, you were great. Like I still to this day it was the first music I listened to outside of like salsa and stuff. Um, but like soccer was like a part of the culture. Like we all wore sambas. Like we understood the game. None of us could really play, but like we understood the game. Like it was being played everywhere. I guess we were so multicultural. It was like the the thing that connected everybody. So, I mean, as far as liking soccer, so I almost I don't remember a time when I didn't. You know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. there. And even though we're Cuban, my grandfather was like, "You're gonna be a Yankee, you know, junkie." Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, "No." He was. He actually tried to convince me. He's like, "Look, they're fat. You have a chance." Um, you know, <laughs> like soccer's not for you, Baba. You know, like I. Other than that, soccer was just everywhere. Like it just made sense to be a fan of it. Okay. Like, how do you feel about like? Obviously, you grew up in a a unique circumstance, and then now. Um, what are some ways like we can make that 
like the way you grew up from a soccer standpoint of being ingrained in the community to make that widespread in the community now in this my current generation uh, this is why we started cooligans you know what i mean uh i remember just trying to connect myself with mls because like I, I realized i didn't really have a connection to mls when terry Henry first went to um red bull i was there for the first match i wore an arsenal kit they hated me for it he came <laughs> in he actually came in at the half against tottenham and scored against them there was something called like the new york cup or something like that there was a couple of european teams that had come over it was like one of these preseason tournaments. And yeah, it's like Thierry Henry just scored against Tottenham in front of me. Like, you know, it was like, oh my God. And I remember it was like this like culmination of like being a fan as a kid. And they happened to play near Newark. So I like left there and I went to go see my mother. And in that, like after seeing that live, I remember driving around and just being like, you just think soccer is going, to, like, you know, when you leave a movie that's so good, you walk out in the world and you still think you're kind of in that movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's nighttime and you're just like, oh my God, you know, is John Wick going to pop up? You know what I mean? Like, you got so it felt like soccer existed everywhere. Like we all celebrated Thierry Henry. And I just remember like no one else was like, there was no kids playing, no nothing. I was like, how do we change this? You know, and yeah. there was no one that sounded like me. There was no one that talked like me. There was no one that looked like me that like in Christian, like everyone was like, for the lack of a better term, very suburban, very white, very sterile. And I was like, how do I, what do I have? Like, I, I can't go pro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that ship sailed as a child, you know. So, um, you know, once I learned what pizza tasted like, it was over. Uh, my I got out the league. So I thought, like, I'm a comic. Like, how do I? Yeah. I maybe can add some levity to like this culture, and like I can show people like it's okay to you know to make hip hop references and it's okay to do those things when you talk about soccer. And I think Christian and I try to be like, look, we're gonna try to make it sound like the 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 folks that I grew up around and the people that I talk to on a daily basis. And see if that opens any doors. And honestly, I just think it's access to the game. Like, yeah. you know, as much as I'm an NYCFC fan, when Rebel put that field up in Newark, I shot a message to one of the folks I know over there, just like, yo, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's going to give a kid a chance. Because the one thing I always say about soccer is, is a lot like basketball. Is you just need a ball. Like, you can, yeah. you know, you'll figure out. Yeah. Like, you could pass against a wall. You could do whatever. You could get better if you just have a ball. But balls aren't cheap, you know? And, and I feel like in areas like Newark, like, the thing that I think saved me overall is... I had, I always had something I could do. You know, I mean, I got a job at like 11 years old in a factory. Like I did, I did things to keep myself busy at night and I knew my family didn't have it. So like I went, but like if, if someone could play and they had access to a ball and a wall, I mean, they by themselves or with their friends, that's it. You're done. Like yeah. that, that kid's going to be at some point better at soccer, or at least care about it more. And I think because the Ironbound had so many immigrants and there were so many, we were all immigrants and none of us really were, thought of ourselves as like uber American. We just thought of ourselves as like, we're here now. I'm Cuban, but my family's here now. And oh, you're this and you're here now. So like we just kind of soccer was something that spoke to everybody and was easy to do. And I think that's it. I think you just got to give turn more of these basketball courts. If you don't want to have basketball courts, turn them into soccer courts or fields like small five sides. Do just make the game accessible. Like w when I have money, I used to say if now I'm saying when just just put it in the air. Like when yeah, I get money, you know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> when I get this money, like I do want to be wildly philanthropic for like cities like Newark places like the Bronx, like places that don't have access and have kids that probably need something else to do besides what's happening in front of them. So to make sure they don't go down that route. And that's how I think I'm going to act. I think if everyone tries one thing to affect the game, it, it'll be like a landslide effect. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sure. what's, the, what's the saying? Like a high tide lifts all boats or something. Yeah. Rising, rising tide. Lifts. Yeah. So that's what it's all about. And then soccer's like, when you say all these different communities, like I feel like, you know, there's so many sports and sports is like the great unifier, but soccer is just that one that will do it 
no matter what, you know, it's, when it comes to. I've traveled like before COVID, I would travel like all over the world to perform. And it's, it's not a joke. Like I literally could talk to someone who doesn't understand a word of English. If I bring up soccer, like we will have a Gosh. conversation. It's just mm. wild. Like even my wife is like, my wife, when she came with me, when I performed in Spain and performed a bunch in Spain and she was with me and every city we would go to, like I, as a kid who speaks Spanish, you don't realize they're all different languages, really. Like yeah. everybody speaks. Yeah. I was like, I didn't understand anyone in Barcelona. I'm like, y'all need this. Y'all, this isn't the Spanish I was taught. And, yeah. But if the moment I bring up soccer, it's like all of a sudden everyone's having a, like a wild conversation. Like we're all in it. We're arguing. We're having fun. We're making <laughs> fun of each other. And my wife's like, this, this really is the greatest icebreaker outside of the u.s is just being able to bring up soccer yeah. it just changes everything it's incredible no you're, you're exactly right you, you talked about um you know unfortunately you didn't go pro um because of your love for pizza uh -huh. um, but you've been able to travel all over uh, we had a, a family of the show friend of the show tj he said detroit pizza is the best yeah, he's no, lived in new york Oh, <laughs> well, so we want you to the pizza connoisseur yourself. We want you to give us your rankings. So I'll give you my rankings. Let me just explain why I was like, all right, that's cute. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> pizza. And this is something that I think, unless you try New York pizza, and I know people are going to okay. be like, what about Italy? Pizza was like garbage food before it came to the U.S. Like you have to think of pizza as like like a like a beautiful kid who lived like in a farm town. Uh -huh. And they came to a big city like New York and became a supermodel. And everybody knows who they are. You know, it's because of us. One of the things we did was the technology here. We didn't have wood in New York City. It's, it's, a, it's an island. It's too expensive to bring wood in by boat at yeah. the time. So we used coal. We had access to coal. Coal burns at 900 degrees. Wood, uh, wood, wood burns at 1,100 degrees. So that slight difference, that 200 degrees, means you can't bake bread the, right, the same way. Pizza is a bread product. So it went from that super fluffy, super moist, eat it right away or else it's going to get stale thing to... This thing that was baked slower and longer, it was more golden around, it caramelized the natural sugars in the flour, and it was more stable. So it was able to sit around for a little bit longer, which is why you have slices, especially wow. when temperatures went down to like four, four, or like 550, 600 degrees in gas ovens, right? Which is the 1940s. So that's when slices became a thing. So like our pizza became different, it became crunchier, blah, blah, blah. But the one thing that, that changed pizza forever is we let our dough rise for three days, which means it ferments. That your yeah. brain actually has receptors in it that say like, yo, that's, that's fire. Like, soda ketchup that's fermented sugar fermented sugar fish sauce for people who like it like fermentation your brain loves it there's receptors that light up so when you eat a new york slice it lights up the same way it doesn't with most other pizzas here's the one thing detroit has which is cheese on the edge that's charred it's like caramelized cheese you get a cheese ring because in detroit they use the pans that they used to clean the uh, auto tools with so the edges were like like beveled out they were like okay. angled out so what happens is it, they were made, they were trying to make a Sicilian pizza, which was invented in New York, by the way. Um, <laughs> so instead of the walls being flat and the dough rising up, it would actually settle against the edges and the cheese would fall, hit the edge, and then it would griddle. And then the cool thing is, is that the cheese fat would go down and the pizza would cook in the cheese fat. So you do get a lot of flavor. The problem I have with it is that because of all of that flavor that sits around and all the toppings that people constantly order on all these pizzas, pizza's just crust, sauce, and cheese. Stop it with all this toppings. What? Maybe okay, so you don't... You, no, just... No like, pepperoni, none of that. I'm fine with pepperoni. You can put okay. like one, max two, but then you got to put a little bit. Like here, let me ask you a question. What's your favorite pizza? Mine. Uh, Either one. Or both of you. Uh, okay, I feel like I'm going to disrespect you. I go combo meat lovers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mine, was, my, mine would either be a deluxe or just straight pepperoni. Or okay. Like double, if, double pepperoni. When you ask a non-New Yorker what's your favorite pizza, they tell you their toppings. When you ask a New Yorker their favorite pizza, they give you a, a name of a location. 
Because for us, pizza is just the plain. So ask any New Yorker, what's your favorite pizza? They'll typically go, I like Joe's. I like John's over there. I like Sam's down the block. Because we're just talking about the plain, the slice, the, yeah. what some people call cheese pizza, right? Yeah. Because if you overpower toppings on top of a pizza, it's too much moisture sitting on top. Because remember, pizza is a war of the, of the heat going through the crust, crisping the crust, but the moisture sitting on top of it bleeding into the crust. So when you go to Detroit, they cover it with too many toppings, and you got all this cheese that's crispy and super salty and incredible on the edges. No one cares about the crust itself. They don't care about the dough. Not most places don't. A lot of places do, and a lot of the newer places are aging their dough for three days. So that's my thing. Pizza is a bread product. It is not a toppings product. So if we're going to talk what's the best pizza, it could be a Detroit, but odds are it hasn't been risen properly. It's not <laughs> fermented, and it's kind of a bland dough with a bunch of great toppings on top. Give me one that's that's risen three days in a, in a, in a freeze in a fridge, and then we'll talk. This man gave like, me a whole pizza case man, study. He said uh, he said New, he said New York pizza is the Jesus of pizza. Uh huh. 100%. Risen, risen after three days. Ah. <laughs> hey, you got to have like, this man's you have historian, like uh, yo. your own, like, what's that one bite pizza review type thing? Yeah, like, but I actually know about pizza. That's the yeah, exactly. So you're going to break it down. Like, I'm out here with notes and stuff. The only reason I, I feel have smarter. It, because, like, there's been production companies that have, like, asked me, like, they've pitched me on being the host for pizza shows and stuff. And the only reason I'm doing it is because. You know, some of these owners are very old school, if you catch my drift. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not, yeah. I don't want to be disrespecting them. I, I said that um, DeFaris, which is like a really famous old guy here named Dom yeah. DeMarco, who like mixes the sauce with his bare hands and he cuts the basil and it rains down on the pizza. Super romantic. Everyone's like, that's the best pizza. And I'm like, it's not even in my top 20. I was like, first of all, I don't want your old man knuckle hair in my sauce. Get it out of <laughs> yeah. it. You know, and I said that and yo, someone visited me and was like, I heard you were... Throwing shots at Dom. And I'm like, and it no, pulled up on you. Someone visited at a at a bar. Like, how'd you even know I was here? Like, oh, it's not where I live. I was just sitting there waiting to go up. I was gonna perform. I'm sitting there. Guy taps my shoulder and he's like, So I heard you've been throwing shots at Dom. And I'm like, What? <laughs> you know, I was like, Who are you? Like, why are you here? I'm like, so I'm just not fucking with these people. Like no, I <laughs> every pizza's great. I don't care who you are. <laughs> yeah, New York pizza got a deeper, darker link. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, we went on this podcast. Pizza. I would take this podcast all the way left because I really want to dive into those type of conversations. <laughs> he said that someone visited him. We're gonna oh, have to goodness. do five cents. Forget two cents. <laughs> it's gonna be a Thanks. longer show. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's funny. All right. So with that said, I guess we settled the pizza debate. This man just came and schooled us. Detroit is up. amazing, by the way. Detroit pizza is great. I just wish okay. it was a little bit better. That's all. Yeah. He didn't even mention Chicago, so that means Chicago's like last. <laughs> I, no, Dang, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not about to piss anyone on O Block off. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's jump into these topics. So first up, let's talk Champions League, right? So you wait for Champions League. We'll start there. Um, they're in the knockout stages right now. We just completed the first leg. Um, so I'll run down the scores real quick. So Man City's up 2-1 over Dortmund. Dortmund has the away goal. Uh, Madrid's up 3-1 over Liverpool. Liverpool has the away goal. PSG is up 3-2 over Bayern, and they have the away goal. So it's going to be a tough road for Bayern um, coming back. Uh, Chelsea up 2-0 over Porto, and Chelsea has the away goals as well. So want to get you guys' thoughts on who you think makes the top four and then who you think who's your pick to win it all. Alexis, I, you can go first. I said this on the show, and you know, I'm looking like an idiot because I said Liverpool had nothing to play for <laughs> in the domestic league, so they were going to put all their eggs in the UEFA basket, and I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> they got destroyed <laughs> by Real Madrid. 
Um, so I think Real Madrid is just going to carry that over. I don't think they're going to slow down. Um, I think they'll advance. Uh, Chelsea's got this in the bag. Porto, good luck, but nah, this ain't for you. Um, I think they did better than anyone expected them to. You know, I picked PSG, and I still feel confident about that, but the moment Alfonso Davies came in that match, everything changed. And I don't know. I, I thought without Lewandowski, like, it was just going to be a wrap, and I think this is Mbappe's year, and I know he's not extending his contract. I think he wants to walk away having won, won the Champions League there, and then he can go on around Madrid or wherever he's going to go. Maybe Arsenal, still a chance. Um, I know we don't have the money for it, but everybody relax. Uh, <laughs> just jokes. Remember, I'm a comedian, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I kind of am. I do believe Bayern have the ability to turn that around. So I'm a little, I'm going to pick PSG, but I'm not 100% sure on it. And uh, what's the other one that I didn't pick yet? Oh, uh, Dortmund and, uh, yeah. and City. You know, I don't believe in Dortmund. I do think City is going to advance. They're a much better team. But Dortmund having get having gotten that one away goal, I think can change. The, I'm the first thirty minutes of that match of the of the of the second leg will tell you everything you need to know. But I do think it's just going to be City. Yeah, those are good choices. Uh, yeah, that PSG Bayern game was phenomenal. I, don't, the, I feel like the coach uh, Bayern's coach overthink it. Uh, like he was overthinking it. Uh, he should have just had Lucas come inside and start with Davies. Um, I'm not sure. Will Lewandowski be available for the next next go round? I don't think so. I think he's done for the rest of the season. I'm not sure on that. Yeah, so uh, I'm going PSG. Their counterattack, I mean, Neymar and Mbappe, even with Di, Di Maria and Draxler and then Keane off the bench, like uh, hopefully Marquinhos is back by, by then too. Uh, I'm going PSG, but it's so tough to uh, – say byron's not gonna turn it around um chelsea's good they got that in the bag uh, i'm a chelsea fan so biased and unbiased opinion uh liverpool's done for um they will put they will put pressure but real madrid will get like one counter-attack goal put it to bed it's over uh i think pep and man city choke again i just with the way dortmund the dortmund game went they scored late to get that second goal I think they choke again somehow. I don't know what, why I'm thinking that, but I think Dortmund will, will sneak, some, sneak something in. Wow. So you think yeah. Dortmund advances? I think Dortmund advances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tough, tough call. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it, but I just feel like uh, Pep's low-key a choke artist, so. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Guy's trophy class is bigger than my apartment. <laughs> yeah. Give me that budget. I might win some too. <laughs> I, I mean, think so- he's. He doesn't get enough credit. I mean, yeah, I know. They just said, what, City spent 321 million pounds. Yeah. That's the most the club has ever spent on players and staff. But he's they made the right choices. He's a yeah, great coach. True. Yeah. And, like, the way he does it, too, like, you can't hate on it. Nah, it's a beautiful brand of soccer. Yeah. 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 So, Mo, you think Chelsea got it sold up the way they choked against West Brom? Oh yeah, for Last sure. I'm not, yeah, no, nah, I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about Porto. <laughs> he let Big Salmon Crew come in. And- <laughs> Put five on you. Five. I got five. <laughs> oh, y'all talking cash. Oh uh, no, it's no. Nah, we're not worried about that. You can't talk the way the way Arsenal's playing. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So let's jump over across the pond. To Wait, Conca hold on. Cat. We can't talk about oh. that. An- Ainsley okay. Maitland-Niles and Kieran Gibbs, right? <laughs> I mean, always mm-hmm. uh, Kieran's. Yeah, he is West Brom. Arsenal right? boy. Now he's yeah. he's uh Miami now. He's Miami now, but I don't think it's yeah. that switch official. I thought it was at the end of the season. I think it may be ended. Yeah, once oh, okay. the end of the summer window. Yeah. 
So come on, yeah. there's Arsenal, a little Arsenal love there, you know? <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk uh, CONCACAF now. That's CONCACAF. It was CONCACAF in this past week. The real um, Champions League. <laughs> so out of the... We'll, we'll only talk MLS teams here. Um, so I'm not super familiar with the uh, Central American and uh, Mexican teams per se, but got to focus on what we know. So um, two wins in two draws. So Atlanta, Philadelphia got wins. Um, Portland, Toronto got draws. Columbus hasn't played yet. They played tonight. Whereas as of this recording, they played tonight. Um, but let's talk about that foul uh, at the end of the Philly game. Crazy. Like, what do you, like, Amobi, you play. Like, what is, like, I'm a, I don't get angry, but I, like, you know, I wouldn't say the wick on my, on my bomb is too long. Like, I, how do you hand, how do you handle that? Because if I see my player get wrecked like that, I'm throwing hands. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine yeah. that's how, I don't know how that's not a red card. I just don't understand it. If you, if you were to give me a gif of a red card, it should be that gif. You know what I mean? Like in, in like, yeah. in like uh, official training, like, I just don't understand how that happens. And if you're Philly, I don't understand how a bunch of red cards didn't fly after that. Cause I would have been wild angry. Yeah. It's just so crazy. And the funny thing about it is that uh, obviously it's CONCACAF. So you always know Crazy things are gonna happen. It gets conca caffy, you know. <laughs> exactly. It gets conca caffy. But I know like Coach Jim Kern, he always used to make a joke about like soccer players never fight. Like someone can literally like slap you and they're gonna just like do a little tussle. He's like, Oh yeah, that's just a soccer fight. But like you see this situation, obviously, you know, up one zero away, and the Philadelphia players kept their cool, which was very surprising. Um, Andre Blake, the goalie, came in. Uh, respect to, um, I think it was, what's the guy? Uh, Bedoya? No, not Bedoya. The, uh, center back. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? But he came in and pushed the guy. Yeah. Um, so, like, that was cool. He didn't get it. Uh, he might have got a yellow card for that, whatever. But you got to, like, protect your players. I wish it was, like, sometimes, like, basketball where you, like, sub someone in and you're like, yo, if he comes in your lane, clean him the fuck out. That's um, right. Soccer does... We don't got goons. We need yeah, goons. Exactly. Like, I've been telling people all the time, like, don't get them right after the play because you know you're going to get a yellow card. But there's ways you can get them without yeah. getting them. Um, and I definitely wish we could see more of that, uh, some of the dark arts. Um, or even, like, just have, like, a guy just wait in the locker room. Like, we're going to meet in the tunnel. Like, I'm going to see you in the tunnel. Yeah. Um, I, I wish we could do that. I, I, not to, like, embrace, like, fighting and violence but i mean that tackle like yeah. he almost broke his leg yeah he could have snapped that dude's ankle yeah, in half. yeah. so but I, I you know i think the thing that what i love about Concacaf, and i feel like we're learning you know what i mean as yeah. as like amer as mls you know fans and supporters i feel like mls is starting to learn like what it takes to win in these like situations you know what i mean yeah. like you have to and that's people like who don't watch soccer are always like oh but they're always rolling on the ground i'm like if you watch like two matches, you'd understand. You have to exploit the moments when someone is yeah. treating you rough. You have to show off so that the ref cards them. Like you have to explain. You have to make it easy for the ref to make that decision. And like, yeah, I mean, Neymar rolling for forty-eight minutes. We get all that. That stuff's <laughs> annoying, right? But um, you know, and it's a little bit much. But like, that's a moment where if if a player is acting a little bit rough, like if that player had been you know doing that along the way, and you had shown the ref that, and the and the player been yellow card before he wouldn't have acted like that you know it's like yeah. those are all those moments where i think mls need to understand they're going to do this shit to us so we need to be proactive 
and make sure that either we exploit it when it happens or we do it to them. Like, all right, if that's, you know, like in baseball, they say like, oh, okay, that's where your strikes and balls are. Okay, now I know, you know? Exactly. Like, I bet. Like, if these are the rules, these are the rules. Like, if this yeah. is how you want to play, act like we can't play this way, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, you're exactly right. I think like my dad always used to tell me, he's like, don't go into a tackle week. That's You have a better chance of getting hurt when you go into a tackle week. So um, try don't break their leg, but like, expect that if they come in hard, you got to come in just as hard. So, um, damn, it's just, that tackle just was so crazy. It's reckless. Yeah. I wish right. the guy would have seen it and like, just like avoided it. And then, cause you know, some people are smart. Like they'll like ride a tackle and like stomp on them. Like, yeah. you know, like, why are you trying to break my leg? Like, I see you coming. Yeah. But that's what so Moby, if the tables would turn and you're that defender, are you getting up like squared up immediately? Cause you know what's happening or. Yeah, how you reacting to that? Yeah, like the way, like he 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 knew someone was coming for him, whether it was the ref or like with the media red or like a player. So he like you could tell he was kind of prepared. He yeah, I think he was expecting that red. Yeah, I think he was kind of surprised he didn't get that. <laughs> I don't know what was going through his mind. Uh, yeah, so it was crazy. These refs have been trash. Yeah, super. Yo, let's see your point though. I think MLS teams are learning how to play in CONCACAF now, at least the ones who have been there a couple of times. And I think um, Philly to a point, you know, kind of watching from the outside in, I think this is their first time in, um, are learning how to play. Like you can't play the way you play in MLS in CONCACAF. You got to, yeah. you got to have a little bit more gamesmanship. You got to be a little bit more cunning. I think me, me being an Atlanta fan, like we went and got the whole South America. So like they all know how to play that game. Yeah, and, this is a home game. <laughs> right. So <laughs> you um, Argentina FC. <laughs> so the way we held it down with 10 men, I'm proud of my guys for that. Um, but I think I think we got a good. So to that point, who has the best shot out of the five MLS teams of making it to the finals? So tough to say because it's still our preseason. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. even I don't know who Portland is. I don't know who Philly is. I mean, I kind of know who Philly is because I feel like Jim Curtin is Jim Curtin. I certainly don't know who Atlanta is. Uh, Heinze, Heinze, I don't know how everyone's pronounce it. Like, I don't know what he's going to bring. I just think the fact that Joseph Martinez is back just changes everything for us, for a, a club like Atlanta. I, I, to be honest, I don't know, but I, I probably, my thoughts are, let me see how, how Columbus is going to play because I feel like they got even more stacked and they got BWP. Like, just a veteran like that in a competition mm-hmm. like CCL, wily as he is. Just knows how to move, understands that spacing just annoys the crap out of central defenders. Like, I'm, I'm, I want to see how they're gonna play, but my, my money would be on probably uh, Philly because I just feel like they're more of a unit. You know, a lot of these players have played b- together before Atlanta. It just seems like it's been completely redone um, mm-hmm. in the off season. So I feel like Philly is is the safe money. Yeah, if I was gonna bet, I'll go my ranking: Columbus, Philly, and then Portland. Uh, Gio Savarese, he knows how to win in tournaments, like those like knockout games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with him, even though Portland roster-wise, don't think they may be as stacked as the other teams. And then uh, Philly, just because of the continuity. Um, and then like, you know, just Coach Kern has them set up right. And then Columbus, like like you said, like they're just stacked. Like they got Kevin Molino. I mean, Nagby's there. You know, They're just a, a deep roster. Their defense is solid. And then if Jossie's having an off day, BWP's coming in um, to score his goals. So, uh, and Jim yeah. Curtin wore pre-launch Yeezys 
at the MLS's back tournament. So I got my money Jim on him. Jim Curtin stage. Yeah. Yo, he's, he's yeah. I, I actually, I, I tweeted at uh, FS1 and like Stu and John Strong. I'm like, yo, we need to do a John check on, uh, <laughs> on, on Curtin. Cause like, yo, he's always got fire on the sideline. Yeah. And they're like, ah, it's the world feed. We can't tell the cameras to zoom in. I was like, damn, yo, you always got some cold gear. Yeah. Yo, so one thing to note there, um, when it comes to Portland and Columbus is they're on, the America in Monterey side of the bracket. So they got some tougher games to get through. Um, I think, I feel like, I feel like we'll see, I feel like Atlanta will see uh, Philly in the next round or in the, uh, like the final four or what have you. Um, and then we got a, we got a, a much easier route to the finish line on that yeah. side of the bracket. So yeah. Club America is tough. Yeah. They're so stacked. They, yeah. they are, right? They're like the Galacticos of this hemisphere. Well, yeah. the North. Yeah. I guess like, I mean, yeah. Them and Tigris are just different level. They really are. They're playing yeah. the players with gems. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Genia gets paid in gems, in rare gems, so that he doesn't have to pay taxes on it. Seriously? Yeah. That's, that's the rumor. Crazy. The rumor that like everyone openly talks about is that huh. Mexican teams do double contracts. There's like, here's the one that you tell the government about. And then here's the oh, one I definitely, that I we definitely really pay you with. That. And then like, if you say like, yo, I'm not getting my money. They're like, what are you talking about? And they pull out the government contract. They're like, this is what you're getting paid. And you're like, ah, you got me. But yeah. uh, the rumor is that how they convinced them to go to Mexico is they're like, look, we'll pay you this much. And that's what you'll pay taxes on. But then we will deliver you rare gems every month. Uh, <laughs> that's that's like I your real payment. That. That's some that's narco fire. shit for real. Oh, I love it. Yes. <laughs> Under the table gem transfers. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I, I used to love hearing the stories of like, all right, you win a game, briefcase, locker room. Here, take it. Thank yeah. you guys for winning. Like, oh. what's his face uh i can't remember his name right now ah he's on espn uh hercules hercules oh, yeah. he uh he told the story on our show about like when he got when the team was like the end of the season some of the players hadn't gotten played so they were like all right you guys want to get paid they was like well they say they sent a text like here's the time to come pick up your money and like some some players would come like Hurt gomez is one of those players they got there and he was like it wasn't the whole team it was just some of us and we got envelopes with all of our money like, that's your money <laughs> He's like, and then he realized he forgot something. So he had to come back later. And that's when like the big name players were there and they were walking out with garbage bags full of money. And he was like, oh, I got an envelope. <laughs> that's how much I'm getting paid for them. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, MLS. That's the one thing about MLS is like, yo, the check's, check's going to cash. It's not going to bounce, yeah. you know? It ain't a lot. First in the 15th. You yeah. don't have to worry. That's definitely the appeal for pulling up some of these South American players. Is uh -huh. I'm going to give my check. At the yep. very least, chase yeah. on clear. Yep. Oh, that's right. Right. Sure. So let's uh, let's jump into our next topic. So MLS recently rolled out um, a new concussion protocol. So yesterday they announced that the league will participate in FIFA's concussion substitute pilot program. So um, a, con a concussion task force comprised of sporting and medical leaders from um, MLS, NWSL, US Soccer, USL, and NISA have worked collaboratively to implement the initiative. Um, have been approved by IFAB and FIFA to participate in the trial. So beginning in this year, um, MLS teams will be allowed to make up to two concussion substitutes during a match to replace players suffering from a concussion or a suspended, suspected concussion, regardless of the number of substitutes they already use. So this provides the clubs an additional two concussion substitutes and allows teams to make substitutions in interest of player health and safety 
without being without being placed at a competitive disadvantage. So how the new rules will work, there'll be three types of substitutions available. So you have the normal subs, you have the concussion subs, which each team will have two, and then you have an additional sub. So this allows the other team um, an extra sub if if the if their opponent uses a concussion sub. So kind of keeps things even. Um, so I want to get you guys thoughts on these new protocols, but then also I want to know um, how you guys think teams will, you know, use this or kind of finesse the system using these protocols. <laughs> and they will. I feel yeah. like I, the one the one benefit is I don't think MLS is that deep. You know, our benches mm-hmm. aren't that deep because of a cap. So I don't know how exactly, you know what I mean? Like you really got to trust your youth players or you really got to trust like the 16th dude on your bench. You know what I mean? Like to, to do yeah. something like this, I think. But I do think this is a great protocol. And, you know, the, the fact that a player feels bad about it, having to get out of a match because they have a concussion is just, that's not good enough. You know what I mean? Like concussion is serious. Uh, it creates, you know, major, major issues down the line. So the moment you feel like, the moment someone with a medical degree says you can't be in this match, that's it. You gotta, you gotta, we gotta find a way to get them out. And I do like the fact that, you know, you can't be like, ah, and then to get you out. And then the other team is messed up. You know what I mean? Someone else has to have it. They get a, so it's like, you're not really going to gain that much of an advantage because the other team also gets a sub back. But if I'm not mistaken, MLS is going to go with five subs plus these two, right? I think so. Yeah. So that's seven. So, I mean, at this point, let's do 11 subs. Like, why are we, you know what I mean? Wait, wait, what? I think MLS is playing with five subs this year. The five subs from last season, from the COVID. uh, Plus the two. Plus the two. So, I mean. I've always said they should keep five subs because I think it's a great opportunity to get your youth players in. You got to play these kids. You know what I mean? And look at mm-hmm. look at look at the value we're finding still in the draft, which I've always been like, we don't need the draft. I'm, apparently, I'm wrong. Look at DK out in in uh, Barnsley, killing it. Yeah. Potentially a twenty million dollar player. This is an opportunity to get those kids who haven't gotten that chance to get that chance and maybe maybe show off a little bit. Maybe yeah. get some of these kids a chance in Europe or whatever. Like. I'm I'm all for the five subs. Seven seems like a lot, which is I'm like, just let's do eleven. Let's do eleven subs, dude. Let's go crazy. You know what I mean? Let's even let you sub the manager. You know what I mean? Who cares? (laughs) I mean, they're gonna let you sub back in too now. (laughs) It'd be like the NBA. (laughs) Let's go. And then it's gonna be timeouts. I mean, I I am I'm I'm like low-key conspiracy theorist. So like the water breaks are just a way for commercials to get implemented into soccer. we're going to need it in Qatar, though. Yeah, definitely yeah. need it in Qatar. So within, yeah, definitely in those hot areas. But I just I proceed with caution. Obviously, the concussion subs definitely needed, definitely necessary, definitely mandatory. Um, there is, uh, I know when there was like that four sub rule back in the day when Bob Bradley, they always bring it up every other year when uh, Eddie Gavin came in as like a sub and then switched out with Tim Howard and ended yeah, up scoring. Tim Howard went into the uh, outfield, switched yeah. goal. They, they replaced him. Another goalkeeper came in and they swapped it back out. Something like that of the player. Yeah, something like that. Where... Swap out the goalkeeper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm sure there's going to be someone that's smart in how to uh, circumvent the system. Yeah, if you pull a hammy, you don't get yeah. another sub, but if yeah. you fall down and hold your head, you do. <laughs> so if you pull up a hammy, Fall down and hold your head. You know what I mean? yeah. The guy's like, yeah. how many fingers do I have? You say 38. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, um, but the fact that another team gets us up too, that's like making it fair and making it good. But I, I really did not know it was going to be five plus the two for the concussion. For the concussion. That, I'm that, pretty sure it's five plus two. I think we that's at least what we, what I read. Yeah, I think that's what I read. 
It's five subs. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. And then I, f- I feel like you can get youth players games without, you know, without having to have extra subs. But, you know, jobs on the line, you got to win too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. just a tough dynamic. I like it. I like whenever they change one little thing, like all yeah. the, you know what I mean? Like you start to see how like coaches really start to make the best use of it. You know? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. Like that, how they play chess, you know, like yeah. uh, Arsene Wenger wants to change the, uh, uh, the offside rule to not like if any part of you is offside, if any part of you is still onside, you are onside. Oh, so yeah, any part of you that can score a goal is not ahead of the, the defender. You're good. Mm-hmm. So it's not like if any part of you is over, you're done. I kind of like that. Like, I think you're going to start to see players play differently. You're going to start to yeah. see other players become stars. It's like, I love that. Every time they change something small, something big happens. I love that. Right. I want to see what happens. Yeah, that should be interesting. All right. So let's uh, move along. So over the past week, we've seen at least two new crests be a uh, debut. So Inter Milan switched up their, switched up their crest. Um, and Sky Blue FC rebranded to N- NJ or New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Um, so we're going to take a look at these and kind of get our opinions on them. Uh, so we're going to use our our in-house rating system that we have here when we do kit ratings is fire, meh, and trash. Okay. All right. So I like you're going to give your opinion on this new crest using fire, meh, or trash, and then kind of give us a reason why you gave it that. So Alexis, I'll let you go first. This is fire. Uh, I love the colorway. The kit just came out. Um, they're doing a sash. It, it mm-hmm. looks incredible. To me, it's the kid of the season, or at least the kid of the summer to have right now. Um, I know Matt Wolf did this. Matt Wolf also did LAFC. He, um, he also uh, did NYCFCs and I think a, a couple other ones. Louis, yeah. Louisville Racing um, for on the NWSL as well. Low-key, I'm embarrassed at how long it took me to see the J in the NY. <laughs> like, it took me way too long. So the fact that it's NY and NJ together, I just think it's low key. It's a little simple for my taste, but yeah. I this on a hat, it goes. That yeah. NY NJ on a hat goes. And I think it's it's I, it's kind of proper for what they're trying to do. And the colorway is just it doesn't get nicer than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why all these why all these summer teams want to use black. Miami has black. Why are you want wearing black? Dog, it's hot as hell. <laughs> wear an iridescent or mesh <laughs> would be my jersey but yeah i love this fire yeah, that boy matt wolf don't miss uh mm-hmm. yeah i was actually wondering the same thing i was like why is there like a little gap between and then um i was like what's like the burrows or something like but then i see the j as well um colorway's good um i'm really big on if you can wear it off the field and that's what i feel like you can do with this whether it's on a hat or like you know, a, like merch apparel and stuff like that. So, yeah, this is fire. Yeah, I'm gonna go fire as well. It's giving giving me New York Liberty vibes. Um, so kind of tying in the the whole New York feel. And I know Alexis, you don't have no problems with New Jersey being first. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying <laughs> Newark Newark native. If it was called Newark Gotham, I'd be proud of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, I, I've lived in New York for a very long time, but the fact that they're repping that side and that's where they play, got to do it. Yeah, dope. All right, so next up, we got Inter Milan. So they just switched up their crest. Uh, Alexis, let me know what you think about this one. I would say fire if this was Impact Montreal's rebranding, which I think it should have been. Oh, that is an I am. They, I guarantee you, if this, if the offices of Impact Montreal were not, or 
Club de Foot were not trash the moment this came out, like tables weren't flipped, then mm -hmm. you're not passionate enough about, about your own brand because this should have been yours. This right here should be your club's brand. Um, for Inter Milan, it just feels too cartoonish for a brand that has that type of legacy attached to it. And then they change, uh, their, they change their badge so often. I like it. I like the way, and I agree with you, Amobi. It's if you could wear it casually, then it hits. I have you seen the kit that came out? Yeah, like the with with the Milan kit. It's just a bunch of different. Yeah, it kind of looks and... like the background of the Saved by the Bell intro. You know what I mean? The 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 tracksuit is absolute fire, and I can't wait to get it. But something about this feels just a little too cartoonish. I'll give my ranking on this. For now, I'm going to say man, even though I am kind of close to thinking it's fire. I'll wait to see what Rock Nation does with AC Milan's because they're redoing AC Milan's branding. So okay. I'm kind of interested to see how what I want to see how these two compete. Right. Because yeah. um, I feel like Rock Nation, I'm like, I'm interested. I'm like, I can't imagine anyone here even like soccer, but I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Because I feel like Juventus opened the door for us to be like, we're no longer soccer clubs or brands. And I feel like right. that's what this is. So I kind of want to say fire, but I'm going to stick to meh for right now until I see what AC Milan does. Yeah, Italy is good for that, too. Like simplifying yeah. their their crest and kind of branding it a little bit more. They get it. They see into the future. They get it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, man. I just, you know, when you think of Inter Milan, uh, you see the logo and you're like, all right, that's Inter Milan. I see this logo. I don't say... Like right away, that's into Milan. So, yeah, I'm going mad. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go mad too. I feel like they could have modernized the previous crest without completely changing it. So, I think it was kind of an unnecessary rebrand. I don't know everything that they have planned as far as like rollout um, and as far as like grander vision. Um, but yeah, they probably could have did without it. I don't I don't know if it's like intrinsically tied with the Pirelli, you know, the Pirelli branding and the old brand with like are we going yeah. from Pirelli? So we're gonna we're gonna completely refresh everything. But I don't think it was necessary. I think they could have stuck with the old one and like just modernized it a little bit more. And just a touch of gold. Doesn't yeah, it feel like yeah, it is? exactly like you... <sighs> there's something about that club that was just so iconic that this just feels maybe yeah. it's just too new, you know? Like have you ever played that that game like logo quiz? Um, but they have like the different logos and you have to guess them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like cars, they'll do exactly like cars, cars and whatever. So I think of Inter Milan, like that's a logo, like Inter Milan. I I don't know where it's from, but Inter Milan. It's and iconic. I this. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't I don't get that feeling. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, maybe it'll grow on us like Juventus did. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, it's always it's always gonna be a joke initially. Montreal, talk to me. Let me know if you're upset. <laughs> 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 Tell me that would have been the most fire Montreal Impact yeah, logo. We yeah, that would have been hard. All right. So let's jump into one of our favorite um, segments of the show. No car, yellow car, red car. So this is a rapid fire segment of the show where I'll read off some news topics, some news headlines, and you'll give your opinion on them based on the soccer card system. So no card is I agree with it or I'm cool with it. Uh, yellow card is I can go either way. Um and red card is I disagree or I'm not cool with it and kind of give like a little explanation of why um, you gave it that rating. So first up, no car, yellow car, red card. The ref asked Erling Holland for his autograph in the tunnel um, in the last game. So what, what card are you giving the ref for this? All right. So I started with red card, but then I found out that it was for charity and it was after the match. 
it's still a yellow card to me because there's just and maybe I, and it's so funny because like everyone else was cool with it but like the Amer the american in me is like nah there's the refs never talk to the players like their friends you don't ask for autographs that just tells me you're biased you know what i mean mm -hmm. like these aren't superstars to you i need you i need to believe that the ref doesn't think lebron is lebron in order for me to accept that he's going to get yeah. the calls correctly you know what i mean there has to be a yeah. separation of church and state if you will so this was just too much this was too much for me there's ways to do this you don't do this in the tunnel where the cameras can see <laughs> yeah. there's like a player rep you go to the player rep you know what i mean so i just think it's it's imagine the ref asking to swap kits you know you, it's too much you know yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go yellow card. I used to think red, but now the fact that it's for charity, I, I say yellow card. Yeah, well, th thanks for uh, providing that insight. You know, because it wasn't like like oh, I'm gonna put it in like like my man cave or my hall of fame. <laughs> yeah. Like it's for charity, so uh, I'm gonna give you yellow card. Uh, but it always reminds me of that one clip with like MJ and that ref, and he was like, "I believe you, I, I, I believe you." <laughs> but like, no, nah, you can't fantasize or like you know the players like or the refs like nah that's nah that's uh, off limits man but, it's like the I judge mean, yeah. it's like the, you're the judge you can't be <laughs> cool with the plaintiff you know <laughs> especially like then it's like but Dortmund did lose so it's not like uh, it's just yeah no nah. it just feels icky yeah yeah it's a little, a little sus but you know now that we know the backstory like yeah lighten up a little bit yeah <laughs> all right next one Valencia walks off the field against Cadiz after one of Cadiz's players racially abuses Valencia's Mukhtar Diakbi. Uh, but then the team returned to the field to finish the game without their teammate who was abused. So what card are we giving Valencia in this case? I'm going to give him no card. And that's because I watched I watched all the clips. I watched all the stories. I heard what Diakbi said. And for the most part, it feels to me like Diakbi understood why the players were going back on the field and he was okay with it that's how i understood it if i'm wrong please let me know if that's the case if that holds true the fact that they walk off the field together to me shows you're not going to get away with it like the players have to stand behind their player and I, andrew Joel said it the best way i think could think is like we don't think of you that way we've got your back and i think that's a that's a very strong way of putting it is like you're not that to us you're our friend you're never going to be that we're with you we walk off the field and i think that's what you're supposed to do i haven't seen that enough from some of the italian teams i haven't seen enough from some of the other clubs that have just been like well what do you want us to do no i think you know exactly what we do we walk off the field shouts to landon donovan for doing that with his club uh in san diego every time yeah. it's come up um and coming back on the field as long as the was okay with it i'm okay with it because again you're a team you make those decisions as a unit um and at that point it's like all right all hands on deck but you're the one with the final say what is this cool with you and if it was then i'm okay with it if not that's a red card yeah that's All true right. uh, I'll, I'll take a different approach i'll say yellow card um no problem with them going back on the field but I if they went back on the field i wish they would have made it like hell for that player that uh um said the racial slur or one of the captains step up i know they said something about you know they'll lose points or be deducted it's like fuck the points like all right we gonna, we're just chilling here because y'all not gonna fix this so we're gonna handle it and if if y'all support that um and y'all gonna take points away from us because we're supporting our player then that means la liga y'all an unserious league so um um muhammad yeah we respect you you know you said we can go back on the field like you're cool with it yeah we're cool with it too but we're gonna stand with you in this moment and be like nah we chilling here we'll go home yeah, I respect that. so 
both sides I try to play even keel i guess i'd also fuck that dude's car up <laughs> <laughs> point it out point it out somebody's somebody's windows getting broken so point uh. them out you know <laughs> all right next up west brom manager sam allardyce calls for a mass boycott of social media by england's football clubs in response to the increasing rate of racist posts players have been receiving so what card are we giving big sam for this idea of boycotting social media on the club level I'm giving him whatever car he wants. Yo, he tried to sell <laughs> players when he was the head of the national team. The dude is incredible. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, jeez. I, I, he also drinks wine out of pint glasses. The man just, uh, I, I can't get enough of Sam Allardyce. The guy has one job is just to not get relegated. He does it well. I just, I love everything about him. It's all slightly illegal, which I also love uh, yeah. being from Newark. Um, I, but I agree. I think a lot has to be done when Thierry Henry uh, left social media because of this. It's like people are like, well, is this really going to change anything? And it's like everyone has to do something for this to change. So if this is yeah. how you want to go about doing it, I respect that. And I want to see more people do something to change this, especially in a game like soccer. It's like I hate it when I hear like non-soccer fans talk about it. It's like, oh, yeah, dude, they're wild races in soccer. It's like it sucks. Like, that's not what I want. That's not the like, you know, what I mean, like we're already yeah. trying to get over this hump of getting you to love this game. I don't want you to think that it's like wild races all the time. And it's like, I've grown up with the game. So I've seen it. I've seen the worst of it. You know what I mean? And and I hate that. So I think everyone needs to do something. And if you're getting some sick enjoyment out of these players being on social media and like, you know, you're getting that voyeuristic enjoyment and that goes away, maybe that'll inspire you to be like, hey, we need to make a change or everybody makes one small change. And that hopefully makes a big change across the world. Um, so yeah, I'm with it. I like I like Sam Allendice doing something, which means something scammy is about to come out. You know what I mean? When he says something like this, that means he's trying to cover up for something wild illegal. So I like it. All right, so no car for you? No car. No, he gives he get he gets a green card. How about that? <laughs> right? You can come into my Play on advantage. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, no car. I think, you know, social media made it sweet for people to just be like, Oh yeah, I have access to these players because we see what they post and see what they're about. And they just like talk anyhow. So from the standpoint of the players, it's like, nah, I'm just gonna do my own thing. Oh, you're gonna see me on the field. Might do a couple post-game interviews, but that connection, that connection that makes sports so amazing, um, that community aspect of like sports and community and you know, fans, nah, y'all not getting that anymore because a couple bad apples. I'm not saying every fan is like that or every uh, everyone in the audience, but from the standpoint of, you know, obviously mental health is a big thing now. Um, you know, that affects your performance on the field and your in your home. So uh, Big Sam, you know, made a great point. It shouldn't have to be the players like getting off social. Um, but if that's a way to alleviate it and then help people realize it's like, oh, wait, yeah, maybe I was fortunate enough to have this athlete share a little bit inside about their family life or their home or their like what they like to do. Um, you know, because it's not like they could knocking on my door saying, yo, why are you eating McDonald's every five days a week talking about why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not showing up to your job to talk shit. So, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah, some fans just take this shit way too seriously. Just, just, <laughs> so, just a game, bro. Like, yeah. unless, unless you have money on it, then I guess that's a different story. But still, it's not a, on you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's no. That's no liberty to abuse somebody. Yeah. Um, all right. So last one. So hear me out. Robo assistance. Right. So offsides calls may soon become automated through the use of artificial intelligence, 
So no more delayed offsides calls. What card are we giving this? Uh, you know, I struggle with this. Like, I want to say no card, but at the same time, I want to say red card because I do want to, I want to put it back in the hands of a human. I think part, the human error part of it is kind of half the fun of it. Yeah. Um, as frustrating as it is when it's, it goes against your team, I think, you know, people still remember like, oh, that red card in the FA Cup, like, you know, like those are or like, oh, that offside, that wasn't really an offside and we should have scored. And like, you know, the Thierry Henry handball against Ireland that Irish people still mad about. And I, I kind of giggle because I don't I didn't have it. I just like Thierry Henry. Um, <laughs> I think those those types of moments are like they're, they're they make legends. And I feel like, you yeah. know, if you just got a bunch of robots flying around, you know, blowing whistles, it's not as much fun anymore. Um, but at the same time, I want these calls to be correct, you know? <laughs> uh, so I want to say, I'm going to say red card because, like, who cares? Just let the guy who's cross-eyed, but we can't say that anymore, you know, <laughs> with the flag in his hand, let him make the decision. You know what I mean? Uh, let's just see what happens. You know, it's part of the game. It's like you understand it's part of the game that your uh, some calls might not go your way that day, you know? So. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the, the sport. You got to have, like, a obviously you want a healthy balance, like, but that that human error that suspense of like all right did the linesman call it or what like and then like you know I, I think like you said it makes for a great story but at the same time like like how we missing handballs 2002 usa germany like i wish we you know i'm still pissed about suarez i mean but i mean gone and missed the pk so who cares about that but See, like i still say that wasn't cheating because he knew he was going oh no no him. yeah that's not cheating it's yeah. just like it's why like yeah it's while disrespectful yeah <laughs> but it's like cheating. hey if yeah, you know you're gonna argue. take your lumps yeah you gotta do it yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah so moby how do you feel about like you being a defender how do you feel about um like the current i guess uh well they changed, like they recently changed it where they have to like the linesman has to like run it run down the line and then call it when you like know it's offsides. So a defender, just in case you're like sprinting 30, 20 yards um, just to make sure to finish the play out. And then they call offsides. So it's like, yo, just call offsides when you see it. So that was kind of annoying. But um, yeah, from a defender standpoint, the, the robo would be cool. But at the same time, there's tricks that you can like make it seem like from the human error standpoint, so like where if you like cheat a little bit and you have your hand up as a defender, human humans are just gonna naturally assume like, oh yeah, he's like, it's easier. Like if a ball goes out of bounds, you're the first one to get it. Those are like little tricks that helps the ref make a decision in your favor, you know? So in dark arts. Like, yeah, it's the balance. <laughs> I feel like that that whole thing of like the, the guy has to run down and then lift up the flag it, to me or like put the flag out, that's just gonna get somebody injured. It, thank you exactly yeah. it's so stupid call it the moment it happens they run yeah. six miles a game let them relax a little bit you know what i mean <laughs> thank you. uh like a, you know, like sliding to try to save something and next thing you know it's off sides like what yeah such a waste yeah uh, all right so that's it for no car yellow car red card um let's jump into this week's black soccer history so this week, we'll be giving John Barnes his flowers. So, Harold is one of Liverpool and Watford's greatest stars. Barnes won 79 England caps. Born and raised in Jamaica, he moved to London when he was 12, and after starting his career with Watford, went on to win two titles at Anfield before his move north. Uh, with his speed and vision mesmerizing fans all over the world. He was also voted the 1988 PFA Players Player of the Year, both as a player 
and since retiring. Barnes has been a vocal voice on issues such as racism and discrimination, appearing regularly at rallies and most recently as a guest on BBC's BBC One's political affairs program, Question Time. So definitely want to give John Barnes his flowers and salute him for being a fixture in the game as well as a fixture on the social um, social and racial injustice side of things as well. So salute to you. Yeah, man, oh, yeah. Been... Much respect, John Barnes. Yeah. I just looked him up from Kingston. Yeah. What part of Jamaica right near the beach? <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> All right. That's it for this week. Uh, Alexis, thank you so much for t- tapping in. Obviously, a lot of people already know you and the platform that you have, but uh, for the ones that don't know, the ones that are asleep, uh, can you please plug, you know, all the stuff that you got going on? Yeah, uh, you could follow me personally at not Alexis. All the Cooligans is at Soccer Cooligans, C O O C O O L I G A N S. We have a show on Fubo Sports Network, which is free on FuboSportsNetwork.com, or unless you have the Fubo TV app, it's also like on pluto tv and roku channel and all those um you could listen to the podcast wednesdays thursdays and fridays uh we release episodes um we're on twitch at soccer cooligans there we're on youtube we're everywhere just put soccer cooligans we'll pop up yeah um and right now we're selling our masks everyone please still wearing a mask in public especially even if you got vaccinated because not everyone else is um but the mask all the money from the mask goes to south bronx united uh which is in the south bronx they have like a community kitchen they got pantry they're giving out masks they're helping with vaccinations but they also have not just like a small soccer academy but they also do education um they they teach the kids how to be journalists and how to do uh whatever it is that they want to do when they grow up they have classes for them uh, to do that so it's absolutely really important that we help these community uh groups because they've struggled through covid and they've managed to stay around so just buy a mask. If you buy a mask at Upper 90, just look up Cooligan's mask in there. 100% of the proceeds all goes to South Bronx United. Dope. Yeah, that's what, it's all, about. That's what it's all about. Thank you. Impact. We're trying. Um, that's what it's all about. So once again, thank you guys so much. Uh, Alexis, really appreciate you. Um, thank you for having me, man. This was a blast. No, that, that's love. All right, yeah. perfect. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at Two Cents FC. As you can see, L's rocking uh, one of our shirts, uh, the soccer shirt. So check out our merch at Two Cents Sports.shop. It helps support the show as well. And tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or L to discuss. That's it. Once again, uh, thank you guys for supporting. Can't believe we're almost at 50 episodes, but we're going to keep it pushing every Friday. You already know what it is. Peace out. Yeah.